song than singing about the grace and the favor of God that has been given to us. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for mercies that endure in grace, Lord, that overshadows our lives. Lord, we think about all the good things that you've done. Lord, realizing that you've never failed us one time, but you've always been there. You're truly the God that deserves worship and praise. We ask, Lord, your blessings today upon us as we look into the word and we look into the anointing, oh God. Knowing the anointing will break the yoke. It'll take the unbelief off our lives as we ministered Wednesday night. Lord, our chief purpose is a as a church is to cast Satan out and that's what salvation is and the word is preached and the devil is moved back and the hearts are convicted and able to believe and they come to you Lord oh God I pray that today that we'll just move in a channel that you can work in our lives and hearts bring healing and deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus Lord and you know those that are in need, oh God, those that are even out on the internet, Lord, that would be listening in to the service today. Father, I pray that you'll minister to them. Some of them are homebound and maybe can't come to church, but Lord, you know their need. And we just ask God that you'll supply it according to your riches and glory. And I ask, Lord, today that our offering of sacrifice would be acceptable in your sight as we offer it with the blood of Jesus because we know only through that blood is it is accepted in Jesus name amen amen god bless you amen good to see each one of you here this morning we just want to look right into the word of god i hope you enjoyed worship in the lord that's what it's all about is giving him the praise and the glory and the honor We're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 24 and verse 49 and then go back to Acts chapter 1 and verse 6 for our scripture reading this morning. Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And then over here in Acts chapter 1 and verse 6, and when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, 
But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And here we are. Amen. God bless you as you are seated. Amen. I would that you'd continue remembering those that will be traveling this week, Brother Timothy and Brother uh, Tim Winters will be returning from the Philippines to Japan, connecting there with uh, Brother Craig and, and uh, Brother George Winters, and they'll be all flying home uh, on Tuesday. should arrive here sometimes Tuesday, so just keep them in prayer. The Lord's done some wonderful things there, and we thank God for that. Amen for his mercies. Um, baptisms were taking place, I think, uh, in Brother Timothy's meetings at the, the youth gathering in, um, in the Philippines. They baptized uh, 30 in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. So we thank God for that. And then, um, you know, uh, some of the, uh, one of the Japanese young, young sisters got to go over to the Philippines and take part of those meetings, and it was really life-changing for her. And so, you know, where you can see other young people, four or five hundred gathered there and, and just um, all just dedicated to serve the Lord and God moving in a tremendous, tremendous way. Amen. In those meetings. And then, of course, in the uh, other works, it's altogether different, yet it's the same God, but on a different application of gifts. Um, when you're speaking to new believers and, and trying to establish works, but I understand there was a whole lot of things that have been accomplished by their journey there. They uh, ministered with the, the church group of uh, 25, 30 people there, and uh, on, on the first weekend, Brother Timothy ministered along with Brother Craig and then flew out to the Philippines while they remained behind and went down into other parts of Japan and witnessed and baptized. And, and uh, it's just wonderful to see souls saved. Amen. People wonder sometimes, well, you know, is, is, is there still grace? Well, I'll tell you, there is still grace. Amen. Because God is still reaching out to uh, souls and bringing deliverance. And so we're just continue looking to that. And, you know, the, we are continuing the translation works. So there's quite a bit of being well, works that are being translated. We're, we're just finishing up the uh, seven seals in the Japanese language, getting them on the hub and, and uh, many other sermons that are getting up there now. So, you know, we, we want to get the message in their hands, right? God's doing some wonderful things in our age and time, and uh, we want to be a true witness of that. We know what it did for us and how it changed our lives and how it opened up our understanding and brought us to know and love Jesus more. So, you know, we want to get the message in a, in a way that they can understand it and be blessed by it. So, we are, um, we are diligently, just last night, I, I paid for the translations of the, of the sixth seal and um, getting it up on the, on the hub. And so, we're just uh, finishing up question and answers and then the seventh seal and the whole seal book will be done. Plus, we got a lot of other sermons that are now uh, maybe 20, 25 sermons on the hub already that the Lord has helped us to do to get them in the Japanese language. 
We'll be starting on the next, uh, I, I laid out five of the next ones for them to go through that I picked out in 1965 sermons for them to start now to uh, translate. And as busy as they've been, they'll get them right away. And every time that we get one on the hub, it just makes it where anybody in all the world that speaks Japanese, you don't have to be in Japan, you can be in Alaska, you can be um, in South America, you can be in Africa, but if you speak or use the Japanese language, you can access it on the hub. And of course, the English is there, and um, much of the French and Spanish and different other languages that are there. And, and uh, so if you, even you, if you want to go listen to it, the, the sermons of Brother Branham, the Message Hub, uh, just, just get on there and, and uh, have a gastronomical jubilee. Amen. I think we ought to be listening to the message. I believe it'll bless our hearts and change our lives and transform us. Amen. We know what it did for us, so I encourage it to do for others. I, uh, I know myself, I've been transformed, not only by the Holy Spirit, but by the Word of God, as we have grown in the Word of God. So, you know, feed your experience on God's Word. Amen. It's all available to you. It's at your fingertips. It's a lot better on, you know, going to somewhere like that than some of these other sites that are out there. You know, put your, put your time into the right time. Now, this morning, we're going to be speaking on connected by the book. And we're speaking about the people of the book. And uh, as we just continue this thought of the people of the book that we have been ministered on. But this morning, this little sermon here, we're going to be speaking about being connected by the book. Because the Word of God connects us to God. Amen. You might have seen in the recent news where Israel's ambassador uh, to the United Nations, Danny Dannon, addressed the, the United Nations. And he held up a copy of the Bible for all the ambassadors present to see. And he says, this is our deed to our land. And he said, God gave the land to the people of Israel in Genesis when he made a covenant with Abraham. And he stressed to all the world that the Bible is what gives them the deed to the land. And even so, God has given us the deed to the land of promise, the Holy Ghost. That's our promised land. And, and so we, we open our scripture this morning with the question that is being asked by the disciples, Lord, wilt thou at this time, this is 2,000 years ago now, at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus answered, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father had put in his own power. Now, that was 2,000 years ago, as we said, and now seven church ages ago. And it was not for them to know the times nor the seasons of the restoration of Israel. But we are in the hour when it is time to restore the kingdom. And our natural type and our counterpart, Israel, is a nation who has been now restored back to their homeland. 
we can actually actually begin to see some of the fulfillment of the scripture, even the question that they were asking, Lord, will you at this time? And no, we can say, no, it's this day. It's not 2,000 years ago, but no, it's this day that you will restore the kingdom back to Israel again. And Israel now being a sovereign nation over their land and restored to their homeland. Now, if they are our type, the natural seed of Abraham, and we are the spiritual, then can we see that it's also restoration time and that it is a season for all of Israel, both the natural and by the, the seed and the royal seed, for the kingdom to be restored. Amen. And for a people to return back to their homeland. Can I say it to you? Return back to the Holy Ghost. Amen. To all the power of God and the promises that lay in the Word of God, the entire title deed of everything that was promised to a, a people in the end time. It is the season of restoration. Now, you know, we, we've seen Israel as a, a land that has been barren and forsaken and a howling wilderness and desolate and, a, and, a, and it all came because they rejected their Messiah. We understand all of that. But, you know, today, again, we also look and we see a church that has come through a similar type of dispersal where that they have, have wondered now and the Bible the Bible has come like a howling wilderness and, and an unfruitful land and what was promised not coming to pass in the lives of the people. The supernatural not being on display and the power of the Holy Ghost not being made known. Are you with me? Amen. And Brother Branham talked about this kind of thing and he says, you know, he, he himself was one as a restoring prophet. And he would look out there and God would show him types and signs and, and, and examples. And, and even out when he was in the wilderness, he said, I was up in Canada, thousands of miles um, from a hardtop road. And, and um, I was riding and, and, um, through the moonlight at night as I was returning there on my, with my horse. And I came up over a great big burnover. And he said, uh, you know, there was a great big, tall, stately pine trees that had been burnt totally over there. And the moon was shining upon them. And he said, it looked like a graveyard. And it was a spooky looking place. I want you to remember this is what Jesus even would tell the Pharisees and the Sadducees, uh, the formalized uh, denominations of his day, said, you're nothing but an open sepulcher. You're just a grave. You're just full of dead men bones. This is Jesus' description of them. And, and Brother Brandon would look at these trees and he said, you know, it's just like a graveyard. And it's a spooky little looking place. And he said, here come a wind right down coming through. And, and as it hit them, they would, they would sway in the wind. Must have been quite a wind for, for, for trees without limbs and without leaves to be, be, be moved. But they would move. And he, he said, as they moved there, it was a mournful sound. And he said the trees put him in a mind of, of, of some of these great big spired churches standing there, but just as dead as a doornail. 
He said, even the pommel ones eat all the bark off of them. And the, the fiery tri trials has, has blazed uh, all the spirit away from it. And there's nothing left but a big stature. And, and uh, this big, uh, just as dead as it can be. And he said, and when the rushing mighty winds come down from heaven, the only thing they can do is groan and carry on and say, it ain't so. And hardly knowing anything, they say, the days of miracles are past. And just every time that God sends a revival, amen, every time God sends a revival and signs and wonders begin to come up and fall around the people like that, they say, oh, days of miracles are past. What the palmer worm left, the caterworm eating, caterpillar eating, and what the Methodist left, the Baptist is eating, and what the Baptist left, the Presbyterians eating, and what the Presbyterians left, the Pentecostals is eating. And he said, Why you strip the tree of everything it's got? Amen. All the power, all the joy, all the good things that God gave to his church on the day of Pentecost, they tore it out. And nothing's left but a big church name. Amen. Now, you know, the Bible said they have a name, but they're dead. They have a name that they're living. Amen. But they're dead. He said, sure, you was once a tree, but what about now? That's a Pentecostal church too. What's the same thing? You, you took the route of the dead tree, what the pommel worm left, the caterpillar eating. The Baptists took all the shouting away from the Methodists. And one ate this and one ate this until they stripped the church down till they got them just sitting there dead as a doornail. No spirit, no shouting. Amen. No joy, no peace, no healing, no nothing. Amen. Now you're going to have to decide whether you, if you're one of them old dead trees this morning. Amen. Because the way some of you are responding as the wind is going forth of the Holy Spirit, you're just sitting there. You see, you see, you got nothing but a just a cold church creed. We don't want just a church creed and message theology. We want the Holy Spirit to be able to come in our church, in our being, amen, move us by the Holy Ghost. But he said, you know, he said, God's, every time God sends down a big rush of glory down, you just sit there and moan and say, well, I don't believe it. It's just psychology or it's this, it's that, dead from the roots, twice dead. I'm reading what your prophet said. Plucked up by the roots. It's a sad looking day. When Joel looked at that and saw it, he said, but God said, I will restore, saith the Lord. I'm trying to tell you, church, we are in the season of restoration. They were asking, will it come now, Lord? When will it be? And God has let you know you're in the hour of it. You are in the day of it when the word has been restored in its power and its glory and all the promise of the Lord. I will restore. And he says, I happened to look that night when that wind was blowing and how stiff 
and starchy and dead it was, sitting there moaning and groaning, didn't have no life to bend with it, no bark on it to make it flexible, and it was just moaning and groaning on account of the wind. <laughs> my, my, no doctor so-and-so and so-and-so said so-and-so, but he said, I happened to notice that down underneath there was some undergrowth coming up. Hallelujah. Amen. Some little bushes like that, and they had life in them. And when that wind began to hit them, they just got to twisting and ringing and shouting and have a glorious time. He said, oh, now let me, let me read you what he said. Let me tell you, brother, God's going to raise up a generation of people out of all this dead stuff that's going to restore, saith the Lord. God's going to raise up people who believes in signs and wonders, amen, and who's got joy unspeakable and full of glory. And when the rushing mighty winds come, it gives right to it. Amen. And frolics and dances and glorifies God. Amen. Hallelujah. Greg Green leaves a clap in their hands and having a wonderful time. Wow. Well, what a little frolic that little undergrowth was having. Now, which one are you? Amen. You're just going to be an old stately pine tree burn over. I've been in a message 40 years and you can't tell me nothing new. And I've felt everything that can be felt and had everything. That, and you're just groaning and creaking. Another church service and another time. And Brother Tim rant and rave for another hour or two. Amen. Come on, you old dead tree. There ought to be some living ones. There ought to be some people with life in them. Amen, that the joy of the Lord is their strength. Amen, that there's something in them crying out, Oh, wind of the Holy Spirit, shake me today. Make my roots grow down deeper. Amen, cause me to reach up higher. Let me respond to the wind of the Holy Spirit because we are in the season of restoration. Amen. So you're either moaning and groaning and complaining, or you're moving, amen, and breathing and frolicking and dancing and shouting in the winds of the Holy Spirit as he moves forth. Amen. Now, restoration comes in its season. Now, if you notice, uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says, Repent. And be ye therefore and be converted that your, your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now, this is how what he says for them to do. Start preparing yourself. Amen. Because you see, the restoration comes in seasons. Amen. Refreshings comes in seasons. Make yourself ready for it. Clean up your lives. Repent. Dedicate yourself. Get into the word. Amen. Repent you therefore and be converted that your sins might be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now, you see, 
when a word is given, a message comes. It begins a season until it brings in the time, it, it brings time into his fullness. The Bible talks about the dispensation of the fullness of time. So times will reach a fullness. Amen. But during, as the time, as it comes to times, notice Jesus said, times and seasons. And so there are seasons within the time as we look toward the fulfillment. There are seasons of outpourings of the Holy Ghost. Now what I've been trying to tell you in all of this is we're in a season of outpouring. We're in a season where God is cleansing his temple. Amen. Getting people ready. Getting your sins blotted out. Amen. Dealing with issues in your life. Amen. Where, where that you can be a recipient of that refreshment that is coming from the presence of the Lord. Amen. But now if you don't, you just remain an old stately pine tree that's burned over and no life in it. Amen. You know, dead while you're living. Amen. Living there in your pleasures of sin, of Laodicea, and refusing to move. Amen. But God's going to have some movers. Amen. God's going to have some people that are responding to the Holy Ghost that deal with the issues in their lives. Amen. Now, of course, just because that a word comes don't mean it is fulfilled. But let's look here in Habakkuk 2 and 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and shall not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come. Amen. It will not tarry. Amen. I want to read it again in case you miss it. Amen. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Now Jesus would tell them, this is for an appointed time. It ain't for you to know I'm going to deal with the Gentiles for 2,000 years. It ain't for you to know there's going to be seven church ages. It ain't for you to know this. The Father has kept that in his own hands. He sealed it up and kept it a mystery to the end time. But we're not living in the days of the sealing up of the mystery. But we are in the days of the opening of the mystery where it now is revealing the season and the time of restoration where there's a people going back to their homeland. After all of these years, they're going back to the Holy Ghost again, going back to the apostles' doctrine, going back to what Paul preached, going back to Bible truth and Bible doctrine and Bible healing and true Bible salvation instead of just, I accept Jesus as my Savior and going back your old sinful way, but a real power of God under salvation that changes a life. Amen. And we are in that season. That season of the blowing of the Holy Ghost. Can you move with it? Amen. The vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak. Amen. Jesus was saying, this is kept for an appointed time. You want to know things that ain't for you to know. 
What I want you to know is you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. This is what, this is the coming I want you to look for. Not the coming when Israel is restored, but the coming I want you to look for is that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You're, you're over here concerned about something that ain't for your day and for your hour. But let, let me tell you, we're, now where we're living at, we are at the end. And at the end, it shall speak. Amen. And it will not lie. If God said he was going to restore, he's going to restore. If God said he'll have a, a, a church that'll write another book of Acts, he will have a church that'll write another book of Acts. If God said these signs shall follow them that believe, then there's going to be some signs that follow them that believe. Hallelujah, for it cannot lie. Hallelujah. Let me just say it today as the Holy Spirit wells over me. Amen. The rapture is not a lie. The body change is not a lie. The quickening power is not a lie. Amen. A bride adorned for a husband is not a lie. It is the word of God that cannot be changed. And we are at the end where it speaks. We are at the end where it speaks. Restoration is speaking this morning. Amen. It's saying, come up out of the dead. Come to life. Amen. Respond to the word of God. Though it tarry, wait for it. Amen. Though it, it may not come, it may hadn't come this past week. Maybe you didn't get it at youth camp. But don't give up on it. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. So, well, I didn't get all I needed. Well, I'll tell you, that's okay. Amen. Wait for it. Don't give up on it, in other words. If you're waiting for it, you hadn't give up. Amen. Well, if I go down to the to plane station or to the airport to pick up my son, and, uh, you know, he comes and they're delayed, and it doesn't happen right then, and I give up and I go back home. I'm not waiting for it. I gave up on it. Amen. I said, well, it ain't going to happen. He'll not, he's not going to come. And I, I gave up on it. Amen. Let me tell you, don't give up on the promise. Amen. If you're looking, been looking for healing, don't give up on the promise. Been looking for the Holy Ghost, don't give up on the promise. Amen. You've been looking for a move of God in your life, don't give up on the promise. You knock and keep on knocking. And you ask and keep on asking. And you seek until you find it. For he that asketh, amen, it shall be given to him. And he that knocketh, it shall be opened to him. You never, 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 never give up on the promise. You wait for it. You expect it. You ask for it. You call on him. Just because you're given a word don't mean it's fulfilled. 
That was our mistake 50 years ago. We got a message and thought that was what it was, a message we're all ready to go home. There was a lot of that word we had to step into and put on. Amen. And dress ourselves in. Amen. Somebody help me now. Amen. You see, just because a word comes doesn't mean it's fulfilled. I was listening to Brother Ron Spencer that he shared recently about his daughter Whitney. She was a girl that was born and, uh, with, a, with, a certain, with a certain issue, a certain problem. She was born with her, her womb was, they, the doctor said, and I don't understand this, but it was upside down. And that she was born that way and, and would never be able to have a child. Never. So the doctors gave them absolutely no hope. When she married her husband, Davy, she said, well, you know, the doctor said I can't have a baby. He said, I'm not marrying you for a baby. I'm marrying you because I love you. And he said, so, you know, they, they agreed in marriage, and there was no, no um, promise of a baby whatsoever. She, was, she would be a barren woman. And so they, you know, as they committed their ways to the Lord and was serving him, that one night in a, in a prayer line there, God gave a word to Brother Ron that his daughter Whitney would bring forth a child. And after that promise was given, he said, um, you know, that her husband, Davy, on it actually was on uh, January 1st, I think, that he, he uh, went, to, went to work. And as he's going to work, he hit some black ice, spun him around, and throwed him into a tree. And there he hung up upside down for, for several hours until they, he was found. And, and they, they rescued him and was trying to figure out how to, to, to do, you know, to, tried to, to get him down without injuring him worse. They found that his shoulder was broken. He had uh, broken ribs and broken legs. And he had a, a broken pelvis that was, all, was absolutely just pulverized. And there, there, you know, it, it, in that situation, word that he was in and all the injuries in that area, it made it look even more impossible. And Brother Ron, even was, as he was t- giving this testimony, he said, I, I, he said, you don't know how many times the devil talked in my ear. You know, God gives a promise. And many times, you know, it, it seems like a little bit of delay. You don't know. The devil talks right in your ear. Amen. It'll never happen. It'll never come. It looks more impossible. You know, now, not only you got a a girl, a womb upside down, but you got a husband now who's all mashed up and and his very seed life is gone. But you see, what's impossible with man is still possible with God and to those that believe. Hallelujah. Amen. What do you do in situations like that? You keep on believing. You never give up. You look there. Though the vision tarries, yet it shall come to pass. Wait for it. Hallelujah. 
its season. Amen. God gives us a word, but don't sometimes tell us what season it's going to be fulfilled in. But I tell you, friends, you're in the season of fulfillment. Amen. Because we are in an hour of restoration. And in an hour of restoration, that brings a season of fulfillment. Amen. Amen. Now, there hardly is a day. There hardly is a day that Brother Ron don't send me a picture of that miracle. Amen. Amen. Even, even to the point, I'll tell you what a miracle it was. That brother, brother Ron was given the child's name, told nobody, just wrote it down in an envelope. And there when, when the baby was born and they named it, he pulls out the envelope and said, here. And it matched exactly. God knows your name. He knows the name of your child. Amen. Sometimes you just got to wait for that predestinated seed to come to that predestinated egg. Amen. To bring forth a match. But I'll tell you, at the, at the appointed time, it shall come to pass. Oh, hallelujah. I remember praying for a barren church. under inspiration in vain I believe God will have a church that will bring forth Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever amen he will not let his promise fall to the ground hallelujah Amen. I don't care. I don't care how long it's been barren and how long it's waited and how many groaners are around. There's going to be some little ones coming up. I will restore, saith the Lord. Amen. We remember in Brother Donnie Reagan's sermon on the unsurrendered heart. And how he demonstrated Saul waiting on the prophet. He said, got down to just two hours. Just two hours. And he gave up. Amen. He forfeited his whole kingdom for two hours. Amen. Right on the verge of receiving it. Amen. Oh, my. But, yeah, but you now, again, you know, he, he waited, way, and, and he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and he gave up. So I've been waiting a long time, Brother Tim. I'm going to just give up. Well, you know, I've got an answer for you. People talk about giving up. I'm just going to give up. Oh, well, okay. Well, then why don't you? Why don't you? Won't you give up sin? Come on. Yeah. The world. Your own ideas that you worship is idolatry because you exalt it over the word of God. Won't you just give up? Give up your unbelief. Amen. Quit doubting. Quit, quit having the wrong kind of confession. Yeah, give up. Give up those things. But don't you ever, ever, ever give up on a promise. The message came. I remember what it meant to us. But it's taken years of fulfillment 
But we're in the season. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, as yet Israel is not restored so that she recognizes her Messiah, but she's in the season of it. Amen. The time has not yet been fulfilled. We don't know the time, but we know we're in the season. Why? Because we see the victory putting forth her, 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 her buds. Right? Amen. So we see that there is signs of restoration and seasons of restoration. And we see there's processes and, and all of these things as we, the cogs of God's wheels of prophecy just continue to grind slow but sure, heading toward the fulfillment. There's a word that's laying out there that she'll be taken into her place by two wings. The wings of two prophets that will take and put her in her place. Amen. Amen. Also, let me just tell you, that's what God sent you today is he sent you a a message, an eagle message. Gave you the wings of an eagle where you can fly into your place. Are you with me? Amen. Yeah, it's a prophetic message, but let me tell you, it rides, it rides on spirit and in truth. Amen. You know, how, how we have looked and seen, as I, as I, you know, when I was a boy, we learned the very tactics of, of keeping a bird in a pen. We learned what to do to get it off balance. We'd have an old chicken that wouldn't stay in the pen. And the man would fly out right over the top of it. Well, you know, we want that chicken to stay in the pen. So what we did is we just slipped in at night when it was sleep on the coop, on the roost in the coop. And we would take that chicken and we would just take one wing, just one. And we would, we would trim it. We'd cut it right back. You try not to get into the quick because they're like a fingernail on the feathers and you can make them bleed. But we'd get right down there and just cut off them feathers. Harmless, didn't hurt the chicken, but it couldn't fly. It would just flop around and around and around. It'd go to try to fly. It could never get off the level, couldn't lift off the ground. It'd just fly around in a circle and fall right back down. (laughs) And I'll tell you too long... We have had, you know, in the message, are you with me? If we go back and look at the Pentecostal chickens over there, those birds, amen, what they did is they just trimmed truth off. And they had a lot of spirit and they flop around and around in a circle. They couldn't move, they couldn't fly, they couldn't get out of the fence. Amen. But I tell you what they've done to these bunch of eagles to keep them earthbound. They didn't, they didn't do truth. They did spirit. And we've seen a lot of the spirit been trimmed off. Amen. Oh, you know, we can't have divine healings. We don't have no altar calls. We don't, we don't have no prayer meetings. We don't have the working of the spirit. We don't want none of those things. And they cut that off. And what can the church do? It can't fly. Are you with me? It takes spirit and truth. It takes mechanics, and we've done a good job building up the wings of the mechanics and 
we taught the seals and we taught the mysteries we've been real heavy on that side and neglected the spirit side but it's going to take two wings if you're going to fly Amen. We got a bunch of fat eagles that aren't used to the heavens where all things are possible. Amen. Not supposed to eat eagles, but they must be fattening them up for a kill because they won't let them out of the pen. They want to coop them under some, some kind of ism of man, some kind of doctrinal theology that keeps them down. But I'll tell you, church, I can tell you like Samson, there's somebody out there whose wings are growing out. Amen. I hope we can see it in the evening like tabernacle. Their wings are starting to grow out. They're starting to get a balance. Amen. I want the word, but I want spirit too. Amen. I want the word, but I want anointing too. I want the word, but I want signs and wonders too. I want the word, but I want supernatural too. Amen. So I can fly in the wings of the heavenly world. All things are possible to them that believe. You're an eagle. Don't let somebody make a chicken out of you. Amen. You're meant to fly. Brother Branham said that to eat the church, you just listen to himself. He said the church has done got too soft. He said there's no agonizing with God to fulfill his word. Amen. You know, I, you know I'm just going to say something here. There's some of you repetitive altar comers who wants to come up here and let me fix you. And I'm tired of you. Hey, Amen. You want to be fixed? Agonize it out with God. Amen. Don't look for a microwave hand laid on you and, and you're all fixed. Amen. You got a problem? Get down to the altar. Call out on his name. Amen. Approach the throne of grace. Come with faith believing. Pound on that altar. Cry out with desperation. Amen. Not some little quick fix, something or another. Yeah, God bless this brother, and you want me to fix your problem. You need to fix your problem with God. Get down there and agonize with God. I need Jesus. I need him to come in my home, in my situation. I need to turn him back to God. Hallelujah. That's what really needs to happen. Amen. I ain't got nothing against somebody coming up for prayer, but let me tell you what I, most of the time is needed is to get down and really agonize. Amen. Talk it out with God. You get soft and lazy. Want something, a quick fix, and God bless him and go back to my seat. Come back again. God bless him. Go back to my seat. God, you know, deal with the thing. Got sin in your life, deal with it. Amen. Got a problem at your home, deal with it. Get down on your knees and ask God, show me where I've been wrong. Help me, Lord, to be right. You can give me the answer. Help me to apply that token in my family. Let me know how to apply it. Because it ain't just applying it. It's applying it with love, believing and knowing it's going to work. 
Amen. Are you with me? Amen. You apply it with love, believing and knowing it's going to work. Amen. It, it, it ain't so, you know, even, even in our marriages, it ain't he, man, I've got it. You know, you listen to me. Uh, you know, that, I'll tell you what the real thing is, become a real man. Get down on your knees and humble down before God. Let him make a real leader out of your home. Amen. It'll take the short skirts out then. It'll, it'll deal with the other issues of pornography issues and, and the movie issues and all the other adultery things that you're bringing into your life it'll deal with all of it and it won't be long that you'll be exercising those wings and flying up above those things and rejoicing and taking your little eagles on your wings and flying around and saying ain't God good for giving us so many blessings hello amen amen now the message has come. We don't need another message. This one works. It works. As I've said before, when Brother Branham left the scene, he left us a car that was running. He didn't leave us one with all mechanics and no spark. He didn't leave us one with all spark and no, and no mechanics, no word. He left us a car that would drive. It would drive down to the Holy Ghost. It would drive to divine healing. Amen. It would drive anywhere you would need to go. Amen. Because he left a car in good mechanical order. And brothers, you don't have to tamper with it by trying to read between the lines. And trying to apply something that ain't in the manual. Amen. But just take the manual. Take the message. And apply the message. It don't need fixing. You need fixing. Amen. But he left us a car that's running. And I'll tell you this morning. Amen. If we'll, if we'll get the mechanics back in the way that Brother Branham had it and the dynamics the way Brother Branham had it, where we believe in healing again, miracles again, signs again, the Holy Ghost again, the power of God again. Amen. I'll tell you, you can start that engine and it'll just purr and hit on 16 cylinders. Because if Jesus hit on 16 cylinders, so will the bride. Whatever he did, she'll do the same thing. Amen. So the message came. But of course, it's been years of fulfillment. But we're in the season. Amen. We're in the season. We're in the season. Look, stand up. How old are you? 17. Would you have liked the Lord to have come when I was 17? I would have. <laughs> That's when I turned electricity on in this church. There in the old building. When I paid the deposit, 17. Would you like the Lord to come back then? Why? You wouldn't have been there. Aren't you glad we've waited? 
Aren't you glad we waited? Aren't you glad we waited? Aren't you glad we waited? Aren't you glad we waited? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad we didn't give up? Aren't you glad I didn't quit? Aren't you glad you couldn't discourage me? Amen. Aren't you glad the devil couldn't back me up? Aren't you glad we stayed? Aren't you glad we're still fighting? And we're still fighting. And I say, join the army and fight and take your sword against your enemy. Though it tarry, it shall come to pass. Amen. Restoration is still on. The Holy Ghost is still falling. The Spirit of God is still here. There's a shout of the King in the midst. There's the Holy Ghost working among his people. There's a wind blowing. And there's a new generation that can move with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a word of promise. It's a word of promise. The message has come. Yet Israel is not yet restored so that she recognizes her Messiah. But the fig tree is putting forth its branches. We could see little tiny signs. I don't know about you, but in the spring sometimes, especially when the winter has been long and wet and rainy and stormy and all the other stuff. I go to looking for spring. I go to looking for signs of restoration. I rejoice when I see the first daffodil stick up its head. And start shining. I said, oh, glory. It ain't spring yet, but it's coming. Amen. I go and I look and I see some of the other precocious little trees that, that, that are ahead of some of those others. And I finally see another one come. And this and where that might. I see a red bud begin to put forth its blooms. And I say, spring is close. Amen. We're in the season now. Amen. And I hear wars going on. And old man winter comes from the north and he comes down, you know, you know, with this mighty blast and, and you'll have something raise up in the south and begin to blow back against it. Amen. Now, you know, just because it loses a battle now and then don't mean it lost the war. Amen. Before long, the old man winter is going to go back to his home, be chased back by the warm winds of spring. And restoration is going to come. You know why? Because the sun has provided the light to let it happen. And I'm going to tell you, church, we are in the season of restoration because the sun has provided the light. That's going to push hell back. 
it till it drives it out. So that wind you're feeling this morning is just one of those resistance to old man winter that wants to make you barren and cold and worship like Amish or Baptist. Hello, somebody. Get the old Amish out of your bones today. Oh, I'm old order. Yeah, you're old order, all right. Oh, you know, you don't know about me. Yeah, I do know about you. You need a good dose of the Holy Ghost. Limber up. Amen. Move with the Spirit of God. Get in action. Amen. So we'll you need changing around here. We'll start praying then. The groaning ain't going to do it. The complaining ain't going to do it. But when you get to calling on heaven, heaven's going to start responding to you. Are you with me? Now, so you see, it's, as we're saying, you know, Israel's not yet restored, but we see the fig tree. Now, the Bible said that when you see the fig tree, and you can read it yourself, and all the other trees. When you see the fig tree and all the other trees. So it's not just Israel. Amen. It's all the other trees. Amen. They begin to put forth their buds. Amen. You know, even around here, our, our pecan is about the last one to come out. You know, and it'll, it'll ignore everybody else and stand there and will not come out until it finally, finally begrudgingly puts forth a, a little. Oh, okay, let, let me check and see if the temperature is just right. It's okay. It's okay to be a pecan tree. They make good, they make good pies. Yeah. Amen. But come on out. Yeah. Amen. Because if you never come out, you're dead. Yeah. And so if you've been waiting to come out, because I'm an old pecan, well then come on out, pecan. Yeah. I'm telling you, the weather's getting good. Yeah. Springtime is coming on. Revival time is here. Go it's safe pecan. Put your branch out. Put a leaf out. Go to rejoicing too. Go and show I'm not dead. Amen. I'm not dead. The old, the old dark ages hadn't killed the life out of me. I've got life in me. Here it comes. Here it comes. Amen. Now, Israel is a type. And we are the anti-type. Anti-type means that we're the fulfillment of the type. So you have a type and then anti-type. Anti-type means I'm no type. I'm not typing. I'm the fulfillment. Amen. I'm a, a match to the type. But I'm not a type. Amen. A type is a, a shadow of good things to come. It's an allegory. It's an example. But, but again, you know, an antitype is the fulfillment. I want to tell you, amen, we are, we're reaching a time where types are running out. Yeah. Amen. This is not a time of typing another generation to come. 
Amen. We're not typing. We are the antitype. They, we can look back and say, they were a type. They were a type. Why, even Luther was a type of justification. Wesley was a type of sanctification. Pentecost was a type of Pentecost. Amen. Oh, you say, Brother Tim, a type of Pentecost? Yeah, in a way. But, you know, a shadow doesn't show you all the real details. In fact, you can get shadows there. And right now, I'm looking the way the lights is hitting this. I've got about three or four hands there on the desk in my shadow. Well, that ain't the way it is. Kind of reminds me, today I was trying to, I was trying to listen to something coming down. and We were listening to to enlighten and a lot of times on Sunday morning they'll have you know some pretty decent songs I you know they're about taking they're about taking uh, um, this southern gospel and turned it into country gospel and there's a tear in my beer and we were doing this and doing that and you know some story and whatever it's not about Jesus no more and it lacks a lot of inspiration Amen. Lacks a lot of inspiration. And so, you know, but I'm listening to some, some of those songs, and here they come out. I say, well, that's a pretty good group, the Collinsworth. Holy, holy, holy. Blessed, holy trinity. God in three persons. Holy trinity, or blessed trinity. I'm saying, where's a good song? I just turned the thing off, and I said, huh. Three persons. There's never been, God's not three persons. Uh, Let me tell you what you got here. You got a one God Bible. This is not a two Lord Bible. It's not a three God Bible. It's not a two God Bible. It's not a three person Bible. Amen. It's where God was a person in Christ. So you got God the Spirit who was a person in Christ. Are you with me? Amen. That's a one God Bible. But I tell you what, you know, they get all confused as we go along, you know, even on what the Godhead is about. And I don't find no worship in that. Now, but I want you to understand that as, we, as, as I said, you know, we, we got a hunger in our heart. We're looking for that restoration, for that, for that. We're in the season of the rapture. But it's but not truly the time of the rapture. Now, that's where people get confused. So the Lord has come. Brother Tim, do you believe the Lord has already come? No, I don't believe he's already come. I believe that he has appeared And he appeared in a prophet bringing a message. And we heard a message. He come in word form to a prophet. That's his appearing. Amen. I believe he's here in bride form, but that's still not his coming. So, well, now it's the bride coming of Christ. Yeah, it's Christ coming as a bride in bride form, but it's his appearing in his people. Amen. I just heard about him. He appeared the other day in the Philippines. I heard that he's appearing in Japan. I hear that he's appearing in Evening Light Tabernacle. I hear that he appeared and brain bleeds left. And alopecia was cured. And cancer went. And eye trouble went. 
I hear that he appeared in our youth camp and devils couldn't stay. I hear that that there was a people in his stead casting out devils, using his name, acting in his stead by delegated authority. Be a having been filled with the Holy Ghost. That's his appearing. But he's still coming. We're in the season of his coming. If he didn't come with a, if he didn't appear in, the, in word form to a prophet, well, then we would still be, you know, trying to make this a three God Bible. Are you with me? Amen. If he didn't, if he didn't do that, if he didn't bring a word, there wouldn't be a bride because the bride is a creation from that word going forth. You might have missed that, but you are the spoken word. The original seed. Not denominational seed, but the original seed. Amen. Because a message come in this day that actually spoke you into existence. You did not. Let me say it again. The bride of this last day did not exist until a prophet came. And when he brought a message, it spoke a bride into existence. You are the existence of the spoken word people, bride. Now, so if it hadn't come to a prophet, well then in this, in this season, in this season, if it hadn't come to a prophet, there'd be no bride. If there was no bride, there would be no one living to come for. Now, get a, get, you know, forget what we're talking about in the sense of the ages. We know there's a bride in every age. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the living bride. And if there wouldn't be a prophet come, there wouldn't be a people ready. Prepared for his coming. Is that right? So we, the season then, brought a prophet on the scene. And then the season opens up, and what happened? Then from the coming of that prophet, listen, it's the seventh seal, which is the coming of the Lord, which is the, you know, Brother Branham told us it is like a candlestick going up and up as it breaks the silence and making known the mysteries. And one of the mysteries God had in his mind was, I'm going to have a bride in this last day that will match this one over here in the beginning. And she matched Christ. So this one matched Christ. So this is one of the mysteries. You got to understand. The mystery is I'm not calling a a denomination. Do you you remember Paul would would say now I'm going to preach you the mystery of Christ. I'm going to preach you the mystery of Christ. And in preaching you the mystery of Christ I'm going to show you that God's going to call a people out of the Gentiles for his namesake. So now God does the same thing that when we come back to Paul's gospel again, he shows us again the mystery of I'm going to call a people back to the homeland, back to the word of God, come on, out of every tribe, nation, people, wherever they're scattered, amen, wherever my seed has been dispersed, I'm going to call them all back to the homeland. Why are we here? 
Why are we here? The same reason the Jews are there. So the Messiah could be revealed to them. Amen. Why have we returned back to the homeland? Not just so we can have the fruits of it of healing and miracles and signs and wonders, but no, where we can have more than that, where the Messiah will come, where the season will give way to the time. Hallelujah. So now we are in the season of the rapture, but not truly in the time of the rapture. Now, there again, I'm not, I'm not even trying to, to argue quotes with you. And you say, well, I got a quote where Brother Brandon said this is the rapture time. That's not what I'm talking about. The time of the rapture is that, that moment when we're changed. When we, and when we are caught up to meet the Lord and we see him, that's still our blessed hope. And no matter how much he come in a prophet form, it ain't complete yet. No matter how much he's here in bride form, it ain't complete yet. It's not going to be complete. Our time isn't going to be fulfilled for the rapture until we see him as he is. And when we see him, we shall be like him. Are you with me now? So now we are having these times, season, times of refreshing, being made ready by repentance. Amen. Now, I'm not going to preach long this morning, so hold you on your seat. But if there, I, I just want to ask you today, is there a true ambassador to the world that will hold up your Bible and declare, this is my deed to this land of the Holy Ghost? Amen. The grounds, the grounds of truth and spirit that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Peter, James, John walked on. Amen. This is my deed to divine healing. Amen. It gives me my right to it. This is my deed to the Holy Ghost. It gives me my right to it. This is my deed to the resurrection. It gives me my right to it. This is my deed to my body change and to the rapture. There's got to be some ambassadors that you pick up your Bible and you begin to say, this is my deed. I'm reading it out to the devil. I'm reading it out to the world. This word gives me the right to have every divine promise of God. It is mine. This is my land. Why? He said so. Amen. I'm a, I tell you, we appeal to the wigged one. We appeal to the Supreme Court. They say there's no justice in this land. Well, there's justice here. We have heard from the wigged one. You know what I'm talking about? Revelation chapter 1. He was clothed, amen, with a, and his head was as white as wool. Are you with me? Oh, yes, amen. We have heard from the wig one. We have heard from the amen of God. There is no higher authority. There is no higher say. 
And he says, and he says, amen. The judge says, the supreme judge says, amen. The other judges may have, have, have turned down our appeal. Amen. They may have refused to hear our case. They may have denied us the right to it. But the Supreme Court has spoken. I give you this land. I give you every promise. I give you every word of it. It's yours. It's the deed to your inheritance. Hallelujah. The people of the book are on the earth possessing the ancient places. Hallelujah. Amen. We we are possessing the ancient places. Are you with me now? Amen. We are we are we can possess Calvary. Amen. Come on, Israel can go over there and say, this is ours, and this is ours, and that is ours. Amen. We can take you. Here's where, here's where the, the, the Golgotha was, and here's the Gordon's tomb. And that's what they call it after the man who, who, who said it was uh, the tomb of Christ. It's an empty tomb. That's all I know about it. Amen. I'm glad it's the empty one. Amen. Don't give me one that's filled up. I know better than that. This is an empty tomb. And so the people of the book are now possessing the ancient places. We can possess Calvary. Amen. I've been there. It's my possession. I knelt down there. Amen. The blood came upon me. Hallelujah. I traded my sins in there. I don't have any sins anymore. I am now his righteousness. Glory to God. Are you with me? Amen. Why? Because I've been to Calvary. I have been there. It's my possession. If I need to go there today, I can go back to Calvary again. If I need another experience of the cross, I can go right back to it again. I can go to Calvary. Because why? The deed says it's mine and I'm in the land and in the land is Calvary. That day on Calvary. We can possess the upper room. I wonder if there's anybody in this church can believe we can possess the upper room. Hallelujah. Amen, that we can possess the upper room. Amen, that we too can be filled like they were on the day of Pentecost. And the same oxen and the same way and the same demonstration work in the same manner. Amen, because we possess the upper room. It is ours. It don't belong to Palestine. It don't belong to the children of Ishmael. It don't belong to the wild seed. It belongs to the royal seed. I can have the upper room. And if I need it today, I can go back to that upper room and I can get a refilling of that same Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. I can possess 
And I can walk down the path that Paul did. Hallelujah. I have, I have had my own Damascus experience. Amen. When I was going the wrong way, he stopped me. A light overshadowed me. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, glory to God. I can, I can walk the paths of Peter, James, and John. We can walk on the waters of our Galilee. Somebody help me preach now. Amen. We can walk on the waters of our Galilee. Oh, yes. Let us possess the land of our inheritance. For the Lamb holds the title deed. And by revelation, the mysteries of its seals have been revealed. And the land of the book and all its promises now lay open to us. We are to possess what was once held in God's power. It is the time and the season of restoration. Will you restore it at this time? No, you're going to go in dispersal. You're going to go down and, and you, as a nation, you won't be restored. That time and season is held in the hands of God. But the seasons have changed. Amen. 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 John, what about it? Uh, yeah, you want to give us that message for rapture and faith? No, can't do it. He told me, seal it up. Come on, seal it up, don't write it. And my butt, aren't you glad God didn't just say, you'll never get it. He didn't say to them, oh, I'll never restore Israel. No, I ain't going to do that. He didn't say, he said, no, listen, it's, it's not the time and the season for that. Let me show you what it's time and season for. Amen. Get in the upper room and get endued with power from on high. And then you'll see what time and season it is. But do you notice now? We've clocked time down through the centuries. And slowly, 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 we finally reached here. Come on. Amen. Now. So you see, we're here at the time and the season of the restoration where the kingdom is being restored. How many years have we prayed, thy kingdom come. And here his kingdom is coming in fullness. Amen. The kingdom of heaven approaches. The rapture approaches. So close that seven angels break out of those dimensions. Amen. Reveal the seals and the mysteries of God so that you wouldn't be left here in ignorance. Because it's restoration time. What was held up from other ages is now being revealed to you. And I say to you today, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For prophets and church age messengers and even Paul himself wanted to see our day and didn't get to see it. But you have arrived. The tree of life is putting forth another branch. Amen. A book of Acts is being written. Hallelujah. There's a new generation rising. Amen. That can move in the power of God.
and say he's the same yesterday and day and forever. There are eagles that can fly in the heavens where all things are possible to them that believe. Amen. Every, even the season. Even the season. The season the Jews longed for for years. I talked about it. At New Year, ever Passover. The Jews for centuries have ended their celebration of the Passover with a toast. Next year. Jerusalem. Next year, Jerusalem. Be quite honest with you. If those people down there in that Sabbath, over there in California in that synagogue, if they'd obeyed the word of God, they wouldn't have been there. When that gunman came in, he'd have found an empty synagogue. If they would have heard and listened and obeyed the call. I'm not condoning what was done. Not by any means. But you know right over here in California. A gunman goes in there and goes to shooting them. You know as they're in their Passover services. Killing people indiscriminately. If I die, don't let me die out of the homeland. I sure don't want to die in California. Amen. If I die, let me die in my homeland. If I die, let me die fighting for that homeland. If I die, are you with me? As a Jew, we're talking about. If I with with an Israelite royal seat or natural seat, if you're there, natural seat, don't let me die here. Let me die in that homeland, defending that homeland. Amen. In the place of safety. Are you with me? And I say that if I die, don't let me die out in some denomination somewhere. Don't let me die in some unbelief somewhere. Hallelujah. Don't let me die mixed up in some old theology that's twice dead and plucked up by the roots. Amen. If I die, let me die. Believe in this word. Believe in these the same yesterday, today, and forever. If I die. Let me die with my roots right here in that homeland. And people be able to say Tim Pruitt gave his life and his last breath defending his promise. Possessing his land. That should no longer be the cry of the Jews next year in Jerusalem. Amen. You know what they ought to be shouting? You know what they ought to be saying at, at now in their homeland? There as they take their Passover. Next year, Temple Mount. Next year, the prophets that are promised. Next year, the Messiah. That's what they ought to be saying now. Amen. It shouldn't be, amen, Jerusalem. We ought to be able to say, they ought to be able to say, we have Jerusalem, but next year, 
We want more than Jerusalem. Amen. Amen. That ought to be it. You know, again, you know, not next year. The, the, the word, the word revealed, the word's been revealed. We're in the homeland. We ought to say then, God, let me be in that place. Amen. Expand my borders and say, this year, the body change. This year, amen, the next year coming up, uh, the millennial reign. The next year, Eden again. Hallelujah. That ought to be the cry resonated out of our hearts. Amen. Next year, we'll expand our borders. As I bring this down, and these few last thoughts, I want you to stay with me for a moment. Just give me just a little more time. The land of Israel became a desolate, desolate desert. Became a howling wilderness because the people lost their connection to the word. Therefore, they lost their connection to their homeland. And, and of course, as I've said, for much of the ages, the, the, the land of promise of the Holy Ghost became a desolate desert and a howling wilderness because the people left the word. And the dispersal, of course, didn't leave the Jewish people in a good spiritual condition. It left them in a even more hardened heart and unbelief. The dispersal down to Babylon that happened before Jesus came, you know, in the times of Daniel, you read of him, Jeremiah, so on like that, where the dispersal was going on down to Babylon. It was there in Babylon that they kind of, because they had no temple to worship in, they created synagogues. And the formation of Pharisees and Sadducees, shall I say, denominations began to form because of the dispersal. They were out of their homeland and out of the place of true worship. And so it brought about that, that you know, the, again, it brought about formations of synagogues where that each had an independent rabbi spewing out his own uh, thoughts and nonsense. So rather than being united under God, they, I, they actually became in the dispersal further away from God. Are you with me? And so you went out with different synagogues and different ones with different rabbis and independent rabbis and each one with their ideas and they would give their lectures and they were, these were the synagogues that Jesus would go to and that he would go to the synagogues and, and he would bring his, his message. Now, the dispersal from the land brought about the rejection of their Messiah because it brought about the acceptance of the sayings of the rabbis. Creeds of men that exalted those creeds to a greater position than the actual word of God itself. You see, you have with the Jews, you, 
you, you have them who have the, the literal word that was given, and then you have the oral law, a law of traditions passed down from their, from their elders right on down. And so you, you have the word, and you have the oral law that they esteem over the word itself. Are you with me? Now, so, you know, again, again, um, uh, I just want to kind of bring that down for a moment because this is what the Jews would do. Jesus said, by your traditions, by your oral laws that you've esteemed greater than the written word itself, you have, you have, you have uh, made uh, the word of God by those traditions of none effect. Is everybody with me right now? Now, you know, it's said about the message um, uh, movement that, that we have the Bible and that we also accept William Branham's sermons as, as oral uh, scriptures. And I didn't want to address that while we're here just a moment. Because many times we quote from the prophet of God and we speak. But let me tell you, we never exalt Exalt the oral words, even of a prophet, above the Word of God. Now, we have in our movement those that wants to make the, the message the absolute. The Bible is our absolute. That was Brother Branham's absolute. That is our absolute. Amen. And, if you, and he taught us, if you get an idea from something that I've said that is contrary to this Bible, you forget your idea and come back to the Word of God. Amen. We got to base it on the Word. Come on, somebody. Amen. We can't base it on an oral tradition. We must base it on the written Word of God. Amen. So the message was not to connect us to a prophet, but to connect us by that prophet back to the word again. Amen. Are you with me? And Brother Branham brought a message that is exactly in harmony with the Bible. And if you get something out of it that's contrary to the Bible, you ain't understanding it right. And you need to quit reading between the lines and go back to what was said on the line. Are you with me now? But now, so now likewise, as Israel went in their dispersal, likewise the early church was a mighty church. It was a fruitful church with signs and wonders and miracles, dedicated lives. You didn't lie on the Holy Ghost in that church. You got hauled away dead like Ananias and Sapphira. That made the church stay pretty clean. Amen. But it wasn't long until the land with its promised fruits were left barren, a howling wilderness and wasteland, unfruitful, and the people were dispersed, pulled away captive down into spiritual Babylon. And doing so, they lost their connection with the book, the Word. And they even forsook this one God Bible for multiple deities. But I got some news for you. We have returned. 
because there was a word that was said, I will restore, saith the Lord. And we are not a part of the dispersal. We are part of the return. And there's some ambassadors in this building this morning. Amen. Are you ambassadors for Christ? Are you representative? Have you been sent in his name? Have you been commissioned by God? Have you been called as a bride of Jesus Christ? That will take their Bible and say, this is my deed to ever promise in this book. Healing is mine. Salvation is mine. The desires of my heart is mine. I can have whatsoever I say. Because I am his ambassador. I'm connected to this word. And by this word, I'm connected to Christ. Will you stand together with me? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How wonderful you are, Lord. What a mighty God you are. The promise is, I will restore, saith the Lord. And we're in that hour of restoration. Amen. We're in that hour. Amen. Get ready for your blessing. You're in a time of refreshing. Get ready for refilling of the Holy Ghost. The upper room is here. Get ready for an outpouring of the Spirit of God. We're in the cycle of it. Amen. Get ready because we're in the season of it. We're in the hour where a people is being connected with the Word of God. And because we're connected, every promise is mine. Footsteps meant possession. Put your foot on another promise. I ought to heard some feet moving right then. Amen. I ought to heard some people saying, yep, that's me. I'm putting my foot on that promise. I've been looking for this. I've been needing that in my life. Right now, I put my foot on it. Hallelujah. And ain't no devil going to make me move back. If I die, I'm going to die fighting for it. Amen. It ain't a shame to die. Amen. Give me my liberty. Amen. I want that in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's just worship him for a moment. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Will you praise him now? No matter what tomorrow brings or what he has in store. Oh, yeah. Ah. We'll praise the Lord. Sing it to him. 
Just a small. 